I guess it shared someone kind of curious about a uh, uh, service in regards to her. I think the family has decided, from what I understand, like a private uh, service on that behalf. So um, that's where that's at. If you have any more questions, maybe feel free to talk to Brother Phil or someone here. So before we move on, why don't we just bow our head for prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being here in our midst. Lord, I know the numbers are not big, but Lord, we feel your presence. And I just pray that you will receive the honor and glory. Lord, as we open these hymns, Lord, that we could sing praises unto you. And with the children's lesson and the message, Lord, that uh, just make it clear into our hearts and our minds what you would have for us. Thank you, Father, for your your many blessings, and we just honor and praise you. Amen. All right. As you know, our first Sunday, we usually kind of have like a hymn singing. Our praise team is not here with us this morning. I guess a few of us are. <laughs> so um, usually I like to start out with a few like uh, choruses. Um Do y'all know something? I will is it sing the mercy. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Y'all know that one? Let me just see here. Sorry, I feel like I don't have my act quite together like I should. We were out of town for the day for yesterday and kind of home uh, not too early last night. So <clears throat> I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing, I will sing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord with my mouth will I make known. Thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness, with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. We'll sing of the mercies of the Lord forever, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Amen. Uh, the other one is, uh, Thou art worthy, Thou art worthy, O Lord. Oh, let's see. <clears throat> thou art worthy, Thou art worthy, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, glory and honor, glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created, hast all things created, Thou. 
to those who can. Maybe we want to stand to our feet and um, sing that song, I Will Enter His Gates with Thanksgiving in My Heart. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice for he hath made me glad. He hath made me glad, and he hath made me glad. I will rejoice, for he hath made me glad. He hath made me glad, he hath made me glad. I will rejoice, for he hath made me glad. The other one is, uh, come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. Let's see here. <clears throat> come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. We stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your in the holy place and bless the Lord and bless the Lord repeat come bless the Lord all ye servants of the Lord we stand by night in the house of Lord, lift up your hand in the holy place and bless the Lord and bless the Lord. Amen. All right, even be seated. Uh, I think we'll sing a few. Hymns out of your Zion's praises uh, uh, in your green books there. You should find them. I see they're kind of here and there underneath your chairs. Let's turn to number 50. Number 50. I sing the mighty power of God. Just last, you know, this past week again, I was kind of just see the beauty of God's creation. And last night we were down, or for yesterday we were in South Colorado, and just coming up back home and just seeing the awesome sunset. And it's just amazing to see the leaves and the trees mount and everything. And just what a awesome God that we serve in the, the picture in that western sky was just incredible. And I, as usually when I sing this song, I usually think of, you know, the creation and what an awesome God that we really do serve. 
I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas of rock and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at his coming, and all the stars obey. I sing the goodness of the Lord that filled the earth with food. He formed the creatures with his word and then pronounced them good. Lord, how thy wonders are displayed where'er I turn my eye. If I survey the ground I tread, or gaze upon the sky, there's not a plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known, and clouds arise and tempests blow by order. From thy throne, while all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care, and everywhere that man can be, our oh God, our present to 521 victory in Jesus we should all know this one fairly well by heart I would think 521 I heard an old old story I heard an old old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sin and won the victory.
I heard about his healing of his cleansing power revealing how we made the lame to walk again and cause the blind to see and then a cry dear Jesus come and heal my broken spirit and somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He He has built for me in glory And I heard about the street of gold Beyond the crystal sea About the angels singing And the old redemption story and some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me. Somebody have a testimony this morning. Maybe you had a, maybe you had that victory this week in an area. Yes. Amen. Yep. Wonderful. <clears throat> I think let's sing one more song in uh, five hundred and one. 501, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I think this just go very well with just a song that we just sang. <clears throat> 501. <clears throat> I know that my Redeemer liveth and on the earth again shall stand. I know eternal life he giveth that grace and power are in his hand I know I know that Jesus liveth and on the earth 
shall stand. I know, I know that life he giveth, that grace and power are in his hand. I know his promise never faileth the word he speaks. It cannot die. That cruel death my flesh assail, yet I shall see him by and by. I know, I know that Jesus liveth, and on the earth again shall stand. I know, I know that life he giveth, that grace and power are in his hand. Can we all stand for the last verse, please? I know my mansion he prepared that where he is there I may be oh wondrous thought for me he cared and he at last will come for me I know I know Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now. I see. 
Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fear relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Save thus far, and grace will lead me home. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we've no days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Can we sing that fourth verse again? When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the If you ever get a chance, uh, there's a YouTube that's a gentleman. I forget his name or anything. Some of you may know what I'm referring to, but there's his. Uh, is that the one where he he sings his song like just just like you generally would, and then he was like, "I want you to sing this song as if your brother just came out of jail." And it's amazing to watch, and it will do something for you, I promise you. But if you ever get a chance, uh, what'd you say it again it was? I think that's the one. I'm not positive about that. But if you ever get a chance, uh, pull it up. It'll, it'll definitely speak to you for sure. Thank you.
Yes. Just move that. You can just set those down. That's fine. Okay. Uh, maybe we should start out by praying for the little children who are sick today. So many know John Schroeder's kids and um, Bradley is sick and he's in the van and um, Anthony's, Anthony and Ruthie's kiddos are sick too. So let's pray for our friends who maybe they're watching online. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would bless all the little children in this congregation today. Father, I pray that um, if there are those who are feeling sick, that you would comfort them and that you would heal them. And God, I pray that you would encourage their little hearts this week, that they would love you more and that they would love to serve you and love to be good for their parents. And I just pray that you would bless our children this week with your presence and with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. First of all, I want you guys to guess what I'm going to be talking about today. You can pass them along. Take a picture and pass it along. Um, I don't have slides. I should have put them on the slides, but I don't know if you guys can see very well. Keep passing it down. And one more. Aren't these just the cutest? <laughs> They're just... Any, anybody have any idea what I'm going to be talking about? Tongues. What made you think of that? Because they're all, but they're so cute. Um, did you know that the tongue, it, it's pretty small in our body, but it actually can do a ton of damage. I have one more picture to show you. Kind of like a little tiny puppy can do a ton of damage with toilet paper. <laughs> it's just a cute little tiny puppy. But, man, the damage a little puppy can do, right? Okay. All right. So, did you know that we didn't have our tongues just to talk? What, what else do we use our tongues to do? To taste? Yeah. To, no. <laughs> I got spanked if I stuck my tongue out. Uh, to swallow? We have to have our, our tongues to swallow. What about singing? Do we need our tongues to sing? Yeah, they do a lot. Okay, now I want you to hold on to your tongue really hard. Hang on to it with your fingers. And now try to talk. Say, my name is Lucas. I, I can't understand. What? <laughs> yeah, I can understand a little bit. It's super hard. <laughs> but the Bible tells us a lot about our tongues, too, because it's a really important part of our body. I'm going to share a couple of verses. In James 3, 5, it says the tongue is a small thing, but it can do enormous damage. Um, let's see. Our tongues might be small, but they can make big messes too. We say mean things to our friends. We can say bad things when we get angry. You guys never do that, right? I wish I would never do that. And we can hurt each other's feelings with our tongues. We can cause a lot of damage to relationships with our tongues. We can do a lot of mean things with our tongues. Um, and we can dishonor the Lord. But in Psalms 34, 13, it says, keep your tongue from evil. That means don't say anything that is wrong or harmful. Try not to say things that hurt people. 
So what should we do? How can I tame my tongue and learn how to not make big messes with it? Well, I need three volunteers, which I got three here. Denzel can help along too. Okay, Lukey, you come up. You stand right here. And Blakey, you stand here by me. And Benny, you come over here. See what I got in my nifty big bag here. All right, first of all, it's kind of what we were doing last Sunday, huh? So you got lots of practice with this. I want you to build a good tower with those. Nope, just Blakey, just Lukey, just Lukey. Here, you stay over here, buddy. Let's see if you can build a nice tower with it. So God wants us to use our tongues to build each other up. So I have a verse I want you to learn. Ooh, that's good. Very good. Okay, say this verse, Lukey, with me. Or I'll say it first, and then you can say it. Encourage one another and build each other up. Encourage one another and build each other up. Encourage one one another and build each other up. Very good. Do you think we can encourage one another and build each other up? How do we do that? What's a good way? Say kind things? Yeah. What if you come to church some Sunday and Blakey looks kind of sad? He might be sitting in the corner and he just looks a little bit sad. What's something you could say to Blakey to build him up? at him and say, what's your problem? Do you think that would encourage him and build him up? You're good at this. You do a good job of building up. I would say, hey, Blake, what's wrong? Yeah. What's going on? Can we talk about it? That's what a good friend does, right? You're a good friend. Okay, so remember that verse. Encourage one another and build each other up. That's in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Now, I got something special for you, Blake. Aren't these so nice and soft? You feel them? They don't feel at all like those blocks. I know, but don't eat them. Please don't. <laughs> okay, how does it feel to you, Blake? How do those feel? Good. They feel good? How else? Uh, soft. Soft? Fluffy? They feel nice? Okay, the verse I, want, I have for you that I want you to learn is, A soft answer turns away wrath. Can you say it? A soft answer, A soft answer turns away wrath. Yes, a soft answer turns away wrath. A gentle, calm, soft answer can help angry people to calm down. <laughs> so what if, what if you're playing, I don't know, maybe you're playing on the swing set or playing a game, and one of your friends starts getting really angry because maybe they're losing and they want to win. What is a good idea that you could think of, something that you could say to have a soft answer to turn away that wrath? Good job playing your best. Yeah, that's a good idea. Good job playing your best. Let's play our best and have fun. That's a good idea. Okay, a soft answer turns away wrath. We need to remember that one. Okay, what was your verse, Lukey? Do you remember? I'm not as good as I remember. I'm a very good student, and so was my student, too. 
Does anybody else remember what? Oh, I, me too. I feel you. Anybody else remember the first verse that we learned a minute ago? I think that was in James. Yeah. Encourage. Encourage one another and build each other up, right? And Blakey, what is your verse? What's your verse? A soft answer turns away wrath. Very good. And apparently a soft answer can kind of knock down encouraging each other and building each other up too. Here, why don't we just have, Lukey, go ahead and destroy your tower. Okay, so that's what a harsh word can do too, right? It can tear people down. Now, Blakey, or Benny, the very last one. Let me see if I can find it here. Oh, praise, right. Okay, your verse, Benny, and this is the longest, I think. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will ever be on my lips. I will praise the Lord at all times. Can you say that? I will praise the Lord. I'll praise the Lord at all times. His praise will ever be on my lips. Let's say it all together. I, okay. Hey, Blakey, stop now. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will ever be on my lips. That's in Psalms 34, verse 1. So what's a way that we can praise? We hear praise in our house a lot with this little thing, right? I needed, I really wanted Brad in here because he actually has gotten pretty good at this. There we go. Okay, go ahead, Benny, play us a tune. Show us how praise can be on your lips. Go ahead. Yeah. Good job. Okay, while he plays that, let's sing. What's a song that we like to sing about tongues? Yeah. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue. I need all of y'all to help me sing. <laughs> Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue and your lips from speaking lies. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue. Okay. Hang on to your tongue. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue. And your lips from speaking lies. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue. <laughs> okay, good job, guys. No, you did a good job. Okay, you guys can go back. And I have one more thing. To help you remember, you can, well, just a minute. Um, I'm going to have you guys help each other uh, pass out these cookies. And cookies uh, can help you remember that when you say nice words, kind words, they're sweet like honey on our tongue. Okay? So you can pass them out to everybody. I think there's enough for everyone.
So while you guys are eating those cookies, why we're going to take a little short break and feel free to go in the back. There's tea, coffee, water, whatever. Get that cookie washed down. Use the restroom, whatever you need to. And then, uh, uh, yeah, those of you who are new here, the restrooms are down the hallway here and across on the far end. So, uh, just, uh, yeah, this time we'll take a little break and then... Uh, We'll come back in here and feel share the word with us. Thank you. I think we quite a few of us uh, we know it. Those who don't chip in. Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer First verse again Alleluia, Alleluia Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. All right, let's bow for prayer. Yet, yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for just being in our midst, Father. I just pray you be with Brother Phil as he brings forth your word. Help us to have open hearts and minds. And Lord, just be able to reach down and touch each of our lives and our hearts. And Lord, we just want to be that light and that beacon for you in wherever we're at. Lord, I just lift up Brother Phil to you. Bless him, Lord. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. For a word from the scripture today, um, you may turn your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Now since Eli is here, I'm going to surprise him a little bit. He had this shock look on his face. Uh, if you don't mind, brothers, since we have a couple uh, brothers here who speak Spanish fluently... Um, I would like for you to come up with me and help me read the scripture in Spanish. I don't. 
You don't either. Do you have a Spanish Bible? Does anyone have a Spanish Bible? Tiene huh? Biblia en español. La tiene en inglés. In English? All right. Do you have it on here? No. Okay. It's okay. I'll try yeah. to translate it. <laughs> okay. He can try to translate. Maybe you can read it through. I don't can you read English and speak it in Spanish? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> See? He's I can try. Duolingo. Uh, oh good. Yes. Second Chronicles chapter twenty. So lately, for those of you who are new here today, haven't been taking this journey of faith through the scriptures, I've been sharing with the church here something the Lord has been sharing with me, and that is how important faith is in my life. Hebrews 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to Him must believe that He is. You've got to believe that God is alive. He's a real person. That's what faith is. But then you must believe something else. To get that experience that God is alive... As a reward in your life, you must believe this. Those who come to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And that's where many people fail. Most people in the world probably believe, now there may be atheists out there or professing atheists, but I've read the stories and I've spoken to many of them. They say they don't believe in a God. But do you know what they say when something goes wrong in their life? Oh my God! Wait, what? Who are you talking to? What are you saying? Oh, they believe in a God. We all believe in a God. God put it in here in our hearts. He wrote it on our hearts. Romans chapter 1 says so. Every person who was born has it written on our hearts. We believe in a God. However, there is a reward for those who diligently seek for God in their life. And that's where many people, most people in the world, miss it. They believe there's a God. But they miss the reward of eternal life because they don't diligently seek Him believing they're going to find Him as a rewarder. That He'll reward you. You will find Him. So, one more scripture before we go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Paul said, Apostle Paul, as he preached this good news called the gospel to people as he traveled throughout his world that God had called him to preach the gospel in. He said this in Acts. Thanks for your patience with me and just staying here. Um, 
I'm going to find this scripture real quick because I wanted to read it to you. You know, Apostle Paul was one of those guys, before he was an apostle, um, he fought against God. And he believed in a God, but he was fighting against Him. And that's how a lot of people are. And when Jesus came one day in his life and met him, Jesus said, Paul, Saul, Saul was his name then. Why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus. You're fighting against me. And it's really hard for you to do so. And that day, Saul yielded his life to Jesus. And got to know him as his personal friend. And began to work for him instead of against him. And as he began to preach to others the Jesus whom he found. He said these words in Acts chapter 17 verse 22. Apostle Paul is traveling away out to Athens, to Greece. And in verse 22, Paul stood in the midst of the Aricopus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects, in every way. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription. To an unknown God. There we have it in Spanish. Very good. Um, To an unknown God. So Paul said, I also found an altar with this inscription. To an unknown God. So now these Athens people, they were very superstitious. And they built many altars where they sacrificed to all their many gods. And just in case they missed one, they built an altar and they put on to an unknown God. If there's any God out there that we don't know, we sure want to appease Him too and sacrifice to them. What therefore you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you, Paul said. The God who made the world and all things in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands like church buildings, Neither is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all life and breath and all things. And he made from one every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. We didn't come from monkeys. Guess what? We all came from one man called Adam. And one woman called Eve. And no monkey has ever evolved into a human being. That's the, one of the biggest lies on the face of the earth that people live. And yet no one is willing to accept that their great-grandmother was a monkey. Or their great-great-granddad was actually an animal. I never heard anyone proudly dis, you know, say, yeah, yeah. Let me show you my ancestors right right." 
They were in a zoo over in Australia. That's where I come from. No, they're not willing to accept that. It's a myth. Because they don't want to believe in this God. And he made from one every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. That, for this reason, he made us. That they should seek God. Even the dogs will seek him. Yep. Even the animals he created. That they should seek God. If perhaps they might grope for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. God is not far from you. Even if he feels like that. And you feel like you're groping. And you can't find him. He's not far away. He wants you to seek him. For in him we live and move and exist. Even as some of your own poets have said, for we also are his offspring. Verse 30, therefore having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all everywhere should repent because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead, even Jesus Christ. He's the man. So, now let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. And this is a story of faith. Would you go ahead and read it in the Spanish Bible? Yeah. Um, and then I'll let you go sit with your lovely wife and your, your sweet son. Go ahead and just um, read the chapter in Spanish, if you don't mind. Would you mind? You're a fast reader, are you not? Hmm? I'll try. In okay. Spanish, it's a lot for you guys. Okay. Well, it might bless these two brothers, and we're yeah. willing to endure that blessing. The whole, the whole chapter 20. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Listos. I mean, you ready? Listos? <laughs> Después de esto, los Moabitas, los Amonitas y algunos de los Moenitas le declararon la guerra a Josafat y alguien fue a informarle. Del otro lado del mar muerto y de Edom viene contra ti una gran multitud. Ahora están en Hasesón, Tamar, es decir, en Engadi. Atemorizado, Josafat decidió consultar al Señor y proclamó un ayuno en todo Judá. Los habitantes de todas las ciudades de Judá llegaron para pedir juntos la ayuda del Señor. En el templo del Señor, frente al atrio nuevo, Josafat se puso de pie ante la asamblea de Judá y de Jerusalén y dijo, Señor, Dios de nuestros antepasados, ¿no eres tú el Dios del cielo y el que gobierna a todas las naciones? Es tal tu fuerza y tu poder que no hay quien pueda resistirte. ¿No fuiste tú, Dios nuestro, quien a los ojos de tu pueblo Israel expulsó a los, a los habitantes de esta tierra? ¿Y no fuiste tú quien les dio para siempre esta tierra a los descendientes de tu amigo Abraham? Ellos la habitaron y construyeron un santuario en tu honor diciendo, cuando nos sobrevenga una calamidad o un castigo por medio de la espada o la peste o el hambre, si nos congregamos ante ti en este templo donde habitas y clamamos a ti en medio de nuestra aflicción, tú nos escucharás y nos salvarás. 
Cuando Israel salió de Egipto, tú no le permitiste que invadieran a los amonitas, ni, los, ni a los moabitas, ni a los del monte de Seir, sino que lo enviaste por otro camino para que no destruyera a esas naciones. Mira cómo nos pagan ahora, viniendo a arrojarnos de la tierra que tú nos diste como herencia. Dios nuestro, ¿acaso nos vas a dictar sentencia contra ellos? Perdón, ¿acaso no vas a dictar sentencia contra ellos? Nosotros no podemos oponernos a esa gran multitud que viene a atacarnos. No sabemos qué hacer. En ti hemos puesto nuestra esperanza. Todos los hombres de Judá estaban de pie delante del Señor, junto con sus mujeres y sus hijos, aún los más pequeños. Entonces el Espíritu del Señor vino sobre entonces el Espíritu del Señor vino sobre Jaasiel, hijo de Zacarías y descendiente en línea directa de Benaías, Geyel y Matanías. Este último era un levita de los hijos de Asaf que se encontraba en la asamblea y dijo, y dijo Jaasiel, escuchen habitantes de Judá y de Jerusalén y escuche también su majestad. Así dice el Señor, no tengan miedo ni se acobarden cuando vean en, uh, no tengan miedo ni se acobarden cuando vean ese gran ejército. Porque la batalla no es de ustedes, sino mía. Mañana, cuando ellos suban por la cuesta de Cis, ustedes saldrán, saldrán contra ellos y los encontrarán junto al arroyo. Ah, perdón. Um, mañana, cuando ellos suban por la cuesta de Cis, ustedes saldrán contra ellos y los encontrarán junto al arroyo, frente al desierto de Jeruel. Pero ustedes no tendrán que intervenir en esta batalla, simplemente quédense quietos en sus puestos para que vean la salvación que el Señor les dará. Habitantes de Judá y de Jerusalén, no tengan miedo ni se acobarden, salgan mañana contra ellos porque yo el Señor estaré con ustedes. Josafat y todos los habitantes de Judá y de Jerusalén se postraron rostro en tierra y adoraron al Señor. Y los levitas de los hijos de Coad y de Coré se pusieron de pie para alabar al Señor a voz en cuello. Al día siguiente madrugaron y fueron al desierto de Tecoa. Mientras avanzaban, Josafat se detuvo y dijo, Habitantes de Judá y de Jerusalén, escúchenme. Confíen en el Señor y serán librados. Confíen en sus profetas y tendrán éxito. Después de consultar con el pueblo, Josafat designó a los que irían al frente del ejército para cantar al Señor y alabar el esplendor de su santidad con el cántico. Den gracias al Señor, su gran amor perdura para siempre. Tan pronto como empezaron a entonar este cántico de alabanza, el Señor, se, el Señor puso emboscadas contra los amonitas, los moabitas y los del monte de Seir que habían venido contra Judá. Y los derrotó. De hecho, los amonitas y los moabitas atacaron a los habitantes de los, monte de, de los montes de Seir y los mataron hasta aniquilarlos. Luego de exterminar a los habitantes de Seir, ellos mismos se atacaron y se mataron unos a otros. Cuando los hombres de Judá llegaron a la torre del desierto para ver el gran ejército enemigo, no vieron sino los cadáveres que yacían en tierra. Ninguno había escapado con vida. Entonces Josafat y su gente fueron para apoderarse del botín y entre los cadáveres encontraron muchas riquezas, vestidos y joyas preciosas. Cada uno se apoderó de todo lo que quiso hasta más no poder. Era, el, era tanto el botín que tardaron tres días en recogerlo. El cuarto día se congregaron en el valle de Beracá, y alabaron al Señor. Por eso llamaron a ese lugar el Valle de Veracá, nombre con el que hasta hoy se le conoce. Más tarde, todos los de Judá y Jerusalén, con Josafat a la cabeza, regresaron a Jerusalén, llenos de gozo, porque el Señor los había librado de sus enemigos. Al llegar, entraron en el templo del Señor al son de arpas, liras y trompetas. 
Al oír las naciones de la tierra cómo el Señor había peleado contra los enemigos de Israel, el temor de Dios se apoderó de ellas. Por lo tanto, el reino de Josafat disfrutó de tranquilidad y Dios le dio paz por todas partes. Josafat tenía 35 años cuando ascendió al trono de Judá y reinó en Jerusalén 25 años. El nombre de su madre era Asuba, hija de Sil Silji. Siguió el buen ejemplo de su padre Asá y nunca se desvió de él, sino que hizo lo que agrada al Señor. Sin embargo, no se quitaron los santuarios paganos, pues el pueblo aún no se había consagrado al Dios de sus antepasados. Los demás acontecimientos del reino de Josafat, desde el primero hasta el último, están escritos en las crónicas de Jeú, hijo de Hananí, que, forma, que forman parte del libro de los reyes de Israel. Después de esto, Josafat se alió con el perverso Ocosías, rey de Israel, para construir una flota mercante que iría a Tarsis. Los barcos, los barcos los hacían en Esión, Geber. Entonces, Eliezer, hijo de Dodías, de Maresá, profetizó contra Josafat, por haberte aliado con Ocosías, el Señor destruirá, los que, el Señor destruirá lo que estás haciendo. En efecto, los barcos naufragaron y no pudieron ir a Tarsis. Amén. You, you're ready for Spanish last <laughs> Good job, all of you. Thank you. How many of you read the chapter? Yep, very good. I'm glad you read along with him. It's important, you know, because Paul did say that if you speak in tongues in the church, in different languages, there should be a translation. Well, there's a translation in your hand. <clears throat> so now that you know the story, Jehoshaphat, king of Israel, in chapter 20, at the end of this story, there's a valley that he named because of this experience. And it's called the Valley of Barakah. It's over in Israel. And to this day, it's a fertile valley. Now, God rewarded Israel in the most amazing way in a way that we cannot read that had ever happened before that or ever after that. And I wonder, as a nation, but it does happen individually for each one of us. It can happen if your faith is the faith of Jehoshaphat. So, just to give you a synopsis, we find that King Jehoshaphat was a godly king. He was so godly that he began at the age of 35 at his reign, destroying all the altars and idols in Israel. And he called Israel back to worship the one true God. You'll find that in chapter 17. And not only that, but he made Israel very strong militarily. You know how strong? How many soldiers did Jehoshaphat raise up in the military in Israel those days? Almost a million man army. Now that's a large army. A million man army is what he raised them up to be. You can see this in, um, in chapter 17 verse 13 through uh, the end of the chapter. Now in chapter 18... You see how he aligns himself with Ahab. That was not wise. And he, he, 
he, the Lord rebuked him for that in verse 12. A word of the Lord came to him, and Ahab was defeated. And Jehoshaphat comes back to Jerusalem, and he brings the people back to God in Jerusalem. It says uh, in verse 4, So Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem and went out again among the peoples from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim, way up north, and brought them back to the Lord, the God of their fathers. And he appointed judges in the, all the land, in all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city. And he said to the judges, Consider what you are doing, for you do not judge for man, but for the Lord who is with you when you render judgment. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be very careful what you do. For the Lord our God will have no part in unrighteousness or partiality or the taking of a bribe. Jehoshaphat, God had blessed him so much so that something happened to him that didn't even happen to King David. Who were King David's mortal enemies? Do you remember? The enemies that fought with him all his life. The Philistines. But for Jehoshaphat, the Philistines brought him gifts. Everyone quit fighting with him. And he came to a place of peace. The nation of Israel had peace. And they were able to come together and become a strong nation, one nation under God. With a million man army to defend themselves. And then God allowed something to happen. And that's the story I want to point out to you today. In, verse, in chapter 20, verse 1. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Menuhites, came together, that's not Mennonites, by the way, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. All of a sudden there was war declared in the middle of this peace. Do you ever find yourself at a place like this? Place of peace. You yielded your life to God and He gave you that peace that surpasses all understanding. And all of a sudden, someone declares war at you. Something happens or somebody gets in your face or somebody cuts you off or someone does a bad business deal with you or maybe your son or your daughter does something that is just... You know, against you, someone rebels against you. The devil makes war, just like that. Surprises you. That's what happened to Jehoshaphat. Now, I want you to notice his response. Verse 2. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and behold, they are in Hazan Tamar, that is in Gadi. And Jehoshaphat was afraid. When all of a sudden war surprises us, the first thing that happens to me is I get scared. Fear grips your heart. What are you going to do? Right? Something makes you afraid. What did Jehoshaphat do? Did he go bring the generals of his million-man army together? What are we going to do? Let's get strategic about this. Let's go defend ourselves. No. 
He turned to the Lord. Look at verse 2. Verse 3. And Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord. Remember what I read to you and Paul said to those people in Athens? You're groping about. But those who seek the Lord, find Him. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Those who believe that He is and that He's a diligent He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. There's a reward there. And He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now, there was a reason that Jehoshaphat did this. These were not the Philistines rebelling against Him. These were not the Amalekites, who were one of their mortal many enemies, or the Syrians, or the Assyrians from Iraq. No. These people coming to fight them, They were not allowed to fight. You see, God had told Israel when he brought them out of Egypt and brought them to the land of Canaan to not fight the Moabites and the Ammonites. You know why? And you'll find this in the book of Numbers, chapter 20. Who were the Ammonites and the Moabites? Does someone know? Who were these people? Hmm? They were their cousins. They were the children of Lot, Abraham's nephew. And yes, they had come through a bad way, but that's who they were. And God allowed them to become big and great, strong nations. And when Moses was leading them out of Egypt, God said, Don't fight them. They're not your enemy. They're your relative. Let them alone. So now, all of a sudden, these people, their cousins were declaring war against them. What do you do when your cousins declare war on you? When your close relative turns on you, maybe your daughter, maybe your son, maybe your cousin, maybe your dad or your mom, you fight back right away? Would you turn and seek the Lord? What shall I do? You see, we have a similar command. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible tells us, For we do not fight flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities, rulers of darkness in high places, spiritual powers is who we're called to fight. So what do you do when flesh and blood comes against you, your own flesh and blood? You could follow Jehoshaphat's example and seek the Lord. And what did the Lord say? The Lord said, and Jehoshaphat mentions this as you continue to read in verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, art thou not a God in the heavens? Art thou not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in thy hand, so that no one can stand against thee. Didst thou not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and give it to the descendants of Abraham, thy friend, forever? And they lived in it, and have built thee a sanctuary there for thy name, saying, Should evil come upon us, or the sword 
or judgment or pestilence, a pandemic like COVID-19 or famine, we will stand before this house and before thee. For thy name is in this house and cry to thee in our distress and thou wilt hear and deliver us. Who will God reward? Anybody? Any Joe Blow who just goes about and has a million man army? Just anybody? Who will he reward? Those who seek him. Verse 10. And now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. And note this. Jehoshaphat's praying. Whom thou didst not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. They turned aside from them and did not destroy them. Behold how they are rewarding us now. By coming to drive us out from thy possession which thou hast given us as inheritance. They're coming up against us to take away what you gave us. Has anyone ever come against you to take away something you know God gave to you? A gift that God gave to you. How about the gift of eternal life? The gift of love. The gift of joy. The gift of peace. How about all those spiritual blessings, that gift of having that relationship with God and all of a sudden someone comes to take it away from you, to make you be angry, to cause you to sin or maybe tempt you to, to do something you know is sin. They come up against you to take away what God gave you as a gift. What do you do? Fight them? Connive and think, how can I, how can I preserve this? How can I, you know, God, you're, you gave this to me. This is mine. I'm going to fight for it. I'm not taking this sitting down. Well, you shouldn't. But it's how you respond determines how God will respond. Don't ever forget that. How we respond to someone who comes against a gift that God gave to us determines what God will do about it, how He will respond. Romans chapter 12 tells us, do not avenge yourselves against evil. Don't take vengeance, because God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if you're going to repay... God will say, okay, justice done. I won't, I won't do it. You already did it. But if you won't, if you come and seek me, then I will step in and I will repay. Which one would you rather have? Your judgment or God's? I tell you, God's is far better than ours. But it only comes to us this way, through faith and surrender and seeking him like Jehoshaphat did. So, in verse 14, then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jeol, the son of Matani, 
the Levite of the sons of Asaph. Now, do you know who Asaph was? Yes, David's lead singer, worship leader. He was from that, one of his great, great, great grandsons. And he said, listen, O Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Whose battle? Are you fighting? Is it yours? Or is it God's? When men come against you, when circumstances come against you, is it your battle? Or is it God's? God says, no weapon against you, formed against you, will stand. There is not even one battle that is to be our battle. It's God's battle. The battle of my life belongs to God. And if I give it to him, he'll fight it for me. So he says, tomorrow go down, about this day go down, and, and, and don't fear or be dismayed, the Lord is with you. But he tells him the secret, verse 17, you need not fight in this battle. Have you ever won anything without fighting for it? Anybody? I have many. I hope you have too. There are many, many fights you can win without fighting. Many battles that the devil and other people set up in our life and you never fight because your faith wins it another way. This way. And here's what happened. Now, he didn't tell him to do this, by the way. He just said, don't, you don't need to fight. Verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness to Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat had an idea. An idea of faith that seemed crazy. Yeah, absolutely unheard of, out of this world, David had never fought a battle this way. No one had ever heard of such a thing. Had never been done in Israel. But Jehoshaphat had an idea. He says this. Listen to me, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed or we could say today, in his word. Because the prophets brought the word of God to Israel. And when he had consulted with the people, verse 21, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire, had no swords, had no weapons, except for one thing, music. Their voices and musical instruments. And as they went out before the army, he said, Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness endures forever. Wow. Wait a minute. What did he just do? How would, you, would you like to be a Levite and a singer that day in Israel? How many of you volunteer to be a worship leader that day? You're going out to face a huge huge army 
It just says a great multitude. That's not a few people. And the king says, hey, I got an idea. You're going to go in front of the tanks. You're going to go in front of all the guys with their swords and their spears, and you go out first. Don't you think they could have thought, what, are you sacrificing us here? Like, this is suicide. For real, they were coming against people who were intent on killing them, and they were ready for it. What was going to save these dear Levites from all of the worship team being totally killed in Israel that day? Now, I don't know about you, but I would think the king is a little out of his mind. And I think I would go up to the king Jehoshaphat and say, hey, 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 king, even David never did anything this crazy. I mean, David was a man, you know, after God's own heart. And David taught us how to sing. And, 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 and this prophet was one of those Asaph men, you know. He, the guy who brought him the word, don't fear. Now all of a sudden the king put him right in a place where he had to live it out <laughs> in front of the army. How many of you would call this faith? Yeah? How many of you have ever done this in your life? How many have you, how many battles have you won like this? You ever won any? Have you ever come to God and fought the devil with a song? Sought, fought this battle that you're fighting, this struggle of your cousin or your near relative, and you just came to God seeking him and started singing over that battle. And every time you get around them, you just sing. They want to fight with you, you just erupt in a song of praise. You see, I live with a person like that. Uh, she, you know, Katie's this quiet, behind-the-scenes person who likes to live in the kitchen. And that's okay once in a while because I'm the preacher. I get to put her out in front here beside me. But I'm going to do that this morning because she doesn't mind. I've done it before. But whenever we have a fight, you know what she does? And you might say, what, you, you have a fight? Not a major fight. We don't do the fist thing and all that. No, no, no. You know, a, a, dis a disagreement, and it's a big one, you know? And we're like, no. Yeah, I think so. No, I don't. Why? She just goes out in the kitchen and, hallelujah, thine the glory, hallelujah, amen. She's just, she just begins to sing. When I first married her, that irritated the heck out of me. That really irritated me. I wanted a good fight here. I wanted the argument. I wanted to get through it and settle it. And her way of settling it was just start singing. How do you fight with a singer? Have you ever tried to fight with a singer? You should try it one day. Pick a fight with her. She'll start singing. I'm telling you. All of us should be like this. She taught me as an example of this truth. What did God do? Do you have a valley of Baraka in your life? A fruitful valley that's very, that's sustaining you in your life. Where God wins battles. Well, you know what happened. They did. That's exactly what they did. You can see, read this, verse 22. 
And when they began singing and praising the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah. So they were rooted. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they were still angry and in a fighting mood. So guess what they did? They turned on each other. The cousins killed each other. They helped to destroy one another. I wonder who the last man standing was. And when Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude coming up over the mountain, and they looked out over where the battle was set in array. What did they see? And behold, they were corpses lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. The great multitude were all dead. They had all killed each other. You want to try singing and winning a victory like this? How many of you would like to have all your enemies, the demons which plague you at night and give you bad dreams? You ever tried to destroy them like this? I'll tell you, it works. They wake you up at night with a really bad dream. Just begin to sing. Yeah. And the torment of that dream will be vanished. It'll be a dead corpse in your life. You ever had someone who just irritated you, got under your skin, a co-worker? Why don't you try singing to them? Your neighbor, you know, whom you just, they love to just irritate you. When you're walking by their house, just start singing. When you're walking down the aisle, you know, a hallway, and you meet them in the hallway, Sing to the Lord. Sing over that battle in your life. See if God doesn't reward you. Or will you take vengeance in your own hands and fight your own battle? This is true even in health. You know, all of us have struggled with health this past year. Some to a greater degree than others. How did you win COVID? Hmm? Or didn't you? Are you still afraid of it? Are you still in a panic mood? What if Delta gets you? They say it's out there and it's worse than the first round. Right? What are you going to do about the fears that come in your heart? Give them to God. Begin to sing. Take yourself on a suicide mission. By singing first. I tell you, it's true. This principle of life is real today as it was back there for Jehoshaphat. You know why? Because this is true. Those who come to God must believe that He is. Jehoshaphat started that way. God, we know You're the God of heaven and earth. And must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then they can have an idea of faith that sings. See, a lot of people struggle with faith. It's because they don't sing. Their faith won't sing. 
Their faith is quiet. And so it becomes, you know, a struggle to survive and believe. Just let your faith sing. See what it does for you. See how it rewards you and the devil and your enemies, the enemies of your soul. Yeah. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Including goods, garments, valuable things which they took for themselves more than they could carry away. Then on the fourth day, verse 26, they assembled in the valley of Barakah. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore they named that place the valley of Barakah until today. And every man of Judah and Jerusalem returned with Jehoshaphat at their head. Returning to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the dread of God was on all the kingdoms of the land. When they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. For his God gave him rest on all sides. Will you come to peace that way? As for me and my house, we will. It's up to you. But in this house of the Lord, your temples are the house of the living God, the Bible tells us, 1 Corinthians 6. This house, that is my faith. And I can tell you, that I'm not perfect at this, but I sure give it a whirl every time. And the Lord, when I fail, in repentance I sing. And I could go on and on, and you could sit here all day, and I could show you scripture after scripture of how singing brings you into that relationship with God of worship. And God, it moves God. God, it's like... It just opens the door for God to do something. It provokes him to act on your behalf when you do this. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Phil, for that. Uh, I kind of had this song running through my mind. I don't know if you know it. I've got the liberty. You've got the liberty. Y'all know that one? Nobody? Are you sure? I've got the liberty. You've got the liberty. <clears throat> Nobody? Okay. You know Preston? Maybe you can try it. Can you help me, Carrie? I've got the liberty, you've got the liberty, we've all got the liberty now. I've got the liberty, you've got the liberty, we've all got the liberty now. Jesus to me has spoken, my chains of sin are broken, I've got the liberty now. 
I've got the liberty, you've got the liberty, we've all got the liberty now. Sing it again. I've got the liberty, you've got the liberty, we've all got the liberty now. I've got the liberty, you've got the liberty, we've all got the liberty now. Jesus to me has spoken, my chain of sin are broken, I've got the liberty now. I've got the liberty, you've got the liberty, we've all got the liberty now. Amen. And then there's a couple of others. I've got the peace and joy. I've got the love of God. So anyway, maybe sometime down the road we can sing it again. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I just this song really popped into my mind. And, and it's like, that is so true. You're like, if you're trying to be all frustrated, try to sing. I guarantee you it'll change it for you. <laughs> uh, anyway, somebody have something they'd like to share. It's your time. Yes, sir. I would like to, it's a, it's a short song, and it, somebody might know it in here besides me. Why don't you come up tonight and sing it? And it goes like this. It goes like this. Praise ye the Lord, hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord, hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord, hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Now, I have in mind, one side says, Praise ye the Lord. The other side says, Hallelujah. Okay, you ready? Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Now everybody, praise ye the Lord. I think Steve's been a long time since I heard that. So anybody else? just bow for prayer right now. 
Heavenly Father, we just bow before you. We just want to lift up the Chilton family to you. Lord, I just pray that you be with their little daughter and their little sister. Lord, I just pray uh, that you be near to them, bless them during this time. Lord, would you touch them, just draw them close to you. Lord, just put your arms around them, comfort them, Lord. Only you can comfort them like no one else can. Lord, I just pray that they could look to you for their strength and guidance and be with the family as well. And Lord, I just just pray that you're willing uh, a way be done. We commit them into your care, Father. Amen. Anybody else? Heavenly Father, we just come before you, and Lord, thank you so much for how your grace and your love and your mercy is shown to us each and every day. And Lord, we just ask this upon Jason and Lori. Through this time, Lord, I know that you have blessed them with a baby, and Lord, we just ask that it would come into this world uh, alive and healthy, and Lord, the complications that are there, Lord, that you would just take care of them and be with them there in Wisconsin, Lord, I just pray that they would trust in you fully. And, Lord, just find their peace and joy in you. And, Lord, that we would be able to rejoice with them with a healthy baby that is here. And, Lord, I just pray this in your name. us this and tells us that and God says I'm not the world 
Greg and Sister Vita to you guys. So many of you don't know them, but their son, three years ago, was it this week? Yeah. Went to glory. Went to be with Jesus. Their son was our praise and worship leader in the church. And we didn't know Greg and Vita that well, but he was only 25, right? Was he that old? Wow. Okay. He was 31, still young, and he had a stroke. One day, going to the youth meeting at Carrie's house. And Carrie jumps in the car with him. They run him to the hospital. And the hospital quickly life-lighted him down to Denver. And he had hemorrhages on his brain. And he lived for about three weeks. And then the Lord took him home. And this afternoon, we get to go and see his gravesite up here in, in Alt, where we buried him as a church together with his family. So this man... When he shared this with you, he shares in faith. They could sit here today and be bitter and ask God why. But no, they believe and you can share this testimony because like Abel in Hebrews 11 says, though dead still speaks, Seth's life, though isn't here on the earth, he's not dead, he's in, he's in heaven and his life is still speaking the truth of what you said. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Anyone else? Again, uh, feel free to stay for lunch. Uh, there's lunch provided here across the doors, and uh, feel free to be around for that. <clears throat> All right, well, we'll bow our head for prayer and we'll ask a blessing on the new meal. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for your mercies and your love that you give to us every day. Lord, we just thank you for the privilege of being together in this way uh, as a body of believers. And Lord, just uh, we thank you for the food, the physical food that's also been prepared for us. I just pray you bless it to the nourishment of our bodies. Bless our time together as we fellowship around the tables. Lord, that your, our conversations be edifying to you. Be with us as we depart from here. Keep your angels over us. Guide us and keep us, Father. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, you're dismissed.